This time on No Not the Mind Probe, episode 14. Goodbye, Sarah Jane. Uh, John, I feel in in many ways we're gonna talk we're gonna talk about uh, Sarah Jane here on this podcast. I feel like I'm the Sarah Jane of this podcast. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm feisty, I'm opinionated, I'm a strong equal to you. I'm not just a damsel in distress or or mm-hmm. just you know here for decoration. Mm-hmm. And of course, like like Sarah Jane, I am also played by actress Elizabeth Sladen. Yeah, it's it's one of her best performances. She's disappeared into the role. It's really something for the for the past forty three years. <laughs> the friend you know, Porter, has been has been Elizabeth Sladen in very heavy makeup. Um, <laughs> it's the role of a life. I've received no pay for this. It's by the impressive. way, <laughs> it's impressive. It really is. <laughs> I had to father two children. Uh, that was a trick. That was a well, real, yeah, she's, was a real... she's she's method. She is method actress. So you got to hand it to her. <laughs> uh, I feel feel such. I feel glad that it's out in the open now. I could just return to being actress Elizabeth Slayton. Please do let Porter's wife and children know. Um, just let them know everything was a lie. Uh, when, <laughs> when do you get a chance? She's the Joaquin Phoenix of, of British actresses. Yeah. <laughs> yes, indeed. <laughs> Welcome to, no, not the Mind Probe, a podcast where we watch and rank every single Doctor Who story ever. There was a lot going on in there. That was a yeah, a that went a couple different ways. <laughs> I didn't. I, I really didn't have a plan when I started. I developed a plan in the middle, and then I I changed the plan towards the end. It was really that reminded me of the kombucha girl, uh, Jeff. If you've ever seen that, look it up, guys. Uh, probers will uh, probers. If you could send John that via text, first of all, figure out John's text. Uh, <laughs> Find his out mobile how number to contact and me. To him. Yeah. <laughs> Uh-huh. Uh yeah, anyway, um my name is John. Yeah, who are you? <laughs> right. okay. And uh I am a lifelong Doctor Who fan. I've been watching it for 35 years. And my name is Porter Mason and John's been asking me to watch Doctor Who for 25 years and I finally said yes. Each episode of No Not the Mind Probe will look at two stories. We're going through the new Doctor Who series in order and our Doctor Who sommelier John finds a pairing for the new story with a classic Doctor Who story. John, what do we have this episode? Well, this week it's a Sarah extravaganza. Uh, We reached the school reunion episode, which was sort of a a landmark episode in the uh, new series, uh, in in season two of David Tennant's uh, series. And then we uh, go back to the last Sarah Jane story uh, in the original series, The Hand of Fear with the fourth Doctor, Tom Baker. And if you did like I did, uh, John recommended that we watched the old, the classic episode first, uh, and uh, and I did. So I okay. just wanted to mention that we could we, do, <laughs> I, we could recap them in that order too. Maybe we should do that. Uh, boy, that would that would throw people who who skip. Maybe what if people are like, I don't really like the new series recaps, but I so skip the old. <laughs> or like, I don't know how people work well, this. Program. They're just they're just gonna have to deal with that. Mm-hmm. All right. Mm-hmm. Tough but fair. <laughs> John, let's recap the classic episode first. Whoa. What? Whoa. Uh, yeah, we're going to talk about The Hand of Fear. This is season 14, serial two, uh, story two of the original series. It's four episodes. They were released between the 2nd and the 23rd of October 1976, just before I was 
I was born. They got this one in Under the Wire. That's your birth episode. Yeah, Very exciting. Pre-birth. Um, my mom used this to try to get into labor. Didn't didn't take. <laughs> no, <laughs> so she no. had to just keep watching more Tom Baker. <laughs> and I believe you've prepared a little clip for us. You've been in the Camtasia mines for a while. <laughs> Found it. Uh, you know, <laughs> unearthed these treasures. Yes. Unearthed these treasures, and it goes a little something. Else. And uh, I'll, I'll give you a love to Harry and the Brigadier. Oh, and I can tell Professor Watson that you're all right. We've landed, and... Sarah. What? We've landed. Where? South Croydon. Hillview Road, to be exact. That's my home. Well, I'll be off then. Yeah. Thanks. Forget me. Oh, Sarah. Don't you forget me. Bye, Doctor. Bye. You know, travel does broaden the mind. Yes. Till we meet again, Sarah. Very, very touching. Very touching, yeah. Grown men weep. Still gets me. Still gets me. You know, and I've only watched you know 12 or 13 classic who a good amount have been tom baker but i probably only watched tom baker and sarah jane one, twice maybe once, yeah, once or twice, yeah. um but still you really you really get like what a strong connection they had uh it's very very touching ending that i don't know if i saw coming exactly uh because the rest of the episode was it wasn't like the episode was leading up to this yeah. uh, in, in, in any way. So here's a, here's what went down in the story. First thing you got to understand, there's some aliens in hoodies and they blow up a planet. More on them later. Just, just, but just keep that in mind. <laughs> there they yeah, are. All right. That suicide pin, pin that. Basically. And then title card, 150 million years later. <laughs> they don't say that, but that's, that's what ends up. We end up finding out the, the doctor and Sarah Jane land the TARDIS in an active mining quarry and they just stroll around leisurely <laughs> until rocks fall on them. And what, what, what I love is it's not really it's not played for comedy, but it is funny where they're they're walking around this clearly this like, an active quarry. And people are waving their arms at them, and they're like, "Oh, look, they're waving! Hi!" <laughs> it's sort of silly. It's very um, Tom Baker, but uh, they they do have an explosion. They're trapped under rocks, or at least uh, the doctor is just sort of knocked down. But Sarah Jane is trapped under the rubble, and typical I'd say women that too always trapped <laughs> typical, under rubble. Typical yeah. men, but fine, the way that, women geez, milking it for all. Uh, oh my god! Uh, but the way they play that scene of them finding her unearthing her him just sort of looking around for her uh this it's not a nod to what's going to happen in the end but it is played i mean there's real uh, if you feel danger there like mm-hmm. you feel something might be wrong mm-hmm. uh she while she's trapped under the rubble she said by the way on, if, if a whole bunch of rocks fell on someone would you play you'd be like something might be wrong <laughs> <laughs> i guess i just mean they it's not it's not broad it's played very like he looks genuinely worried like tom baker isn't being flippant about it he looks genuinely upset um she grabs and then she grabs a creepy stone hand with a ring uh 
she's rushed to the hospital where she seems to be physically fine, but in a state of shock. And she has her hand clenched around something, which we see after the doctor, the doctor and the doctors leave. It's clenched around the magic ring that she uh, that she found when she was in her little had her little rubble nap. She took a little nap in the rubble. Uh, <laughs> Way to the play doctor, it down. <laughs> just you just took a sweet little nap in the rubble, dear. Uh, the doctor tries to figure out what the stone hand in is, but Sarah Jane steals the hand, mm. leaves the hospital, mumbling, Eldrad must live. Eldred and then she just live. she just moseys right over to a nuclear power plant, zapping people along the way with a magic ring. She heads right into the nuclear core, which is, you know, if you're going to go to a nuclear power plant, go to the core. I'd say visit the core. If you got a few days there. There's right. other things you can do, but if you're just there for a day trip, you got to go to the core. I mean, you got to. The only security the is one guy at the gate, who, <laughs> and, and you can just pretty much go wherever you want without a problem. You might as well go straight for the good stuff. Who somehow she seems to sneak up on, though she has walked. <laughs> she's walked there from across an empty field, and when when she gets 15 feet away, he's like, "Hey!" And then he gets zapped. <laughs> like, um, yeah, yeah. Anyway, she. She heads to the core, takes a few uh, selfies, you know, takes and goes to the gift shop. And then uh, she see the hand seems to be absorbing energy. Mm-hmm. And the staff at the plant are convinced that she's going to cause a meltdown with with what she's doing. But but again, the hand seems to be just absorbing all the energy that they are worried that should be escaping. The doctor tries to contain her. And also, I think it was a hospital scientist who's also seems to similarly be driven mad by the hand. He's mumbling about Eldred must live and, and all these things. But um, it's it's no use. The doctor can't contain her. They they run to a safe quarter mile distance <laughs> while <laughs> while the military sends in planes to bomb the plant. Um, oh, they fire, but they close fire, your eyes and hold your nose, right? So your ears won't pop. Uh, yeah, that. yeah. Other and, than that nuclear explosion, you're fine. If a nuclear explosion is going to happen, first of all, get out of your car and hide <laughs> on the other side of it. You want at least one car between you and the blast. I think mm-hmm. is is the way to go. Um, so, but the when the missiles drop, uh, and I think they were dropping nuclear missiles. Yeah, I think well, was yeah, the idea. I mean, I mean okay. You, you, so two nuclear, <laughs> one nuclear missile plus one nuclear core equals no nuclear. It's, it's a, it's a it's right, right. Energy. It's safe yeah, exactly. for yeah. everybody. I, I believe that's the science behind. That. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just thinking about that right now. This makes no sense because yeah. Anyway, okay. Uh, but it doesn't work. Uh, basically, it seems to be just uh, continually absorbing all this energy. And the hand absorbs all that energy too, and becomes Eldrad, our favorite, Yay, our favorite alien. Must live. Yeah. Uh, she must live, and she does live. She's a hot alien babe whose DNA <laughs> has been lying dormant for millions of years. Mm-hmm. She says she saved her planet and was double crossed and blown up, or she sort of created her planet. She's like, mm. she's kind of doing one of those things, like, "Hey, I started this planet. Right. Believe yeah, me, right. before me, they were yeah. nothing." Yeah. And then they threw um, me out. And then, you know, yeah, they threw I, me I out. Wanted- they blew up. I wanted a solo career, and they were like, no. (laughs) Right, right, right. (laughs) She gets screwed. Um, So the doctor, and I I sense this as a theme. This has happened in both the new and the old Who a couple times. He sort of gets convinced to do things like this of he takes Eldred back to her planet without, like, it seems like he should require more convincing. It reminded me of... In the Charles Dickens episode where mm. the aliens there sort of them, say, yeah, like, oh, please, like, believe us. Let us through the rift. We're just trying to get home. 
And so this feels like he he wants to believe them when they're telling him stories like this. Give the people the benefit of the doubt. So, well, right. He gives them the benefit of the doubt to occasionally threaten to blow up the universe in the end. Um, Well, anyway, the doctor agrees to return her to her planet to bring back her people. That's what she says she's going to do. I'm going to go back. I'm going to set up the the barriers again that was protecting Mm -hmm. the planet and making it habitable. They they blew them up before when they exiled me. I'm going to set them back up again. Um, and when she arrives, the whole planet's busted. We learn that she's actually a he and was just temporarily oh. taking on Sarah Jane's form while she was regenerating. And we learn that Eldrad is actually the one who blew up the, the shields. Twist. And now he vows yeah, to destroy. Twist, yeah. <laughs> exactly. Oh, <laughs> exactly. In fact, it fits into the Shyamalanaverse. If you want to watch some of those movies, mm-hmm. Eldrad kind of appears in, in places you wouldn't think so like in that movie with the uh, devil in the elevator uh i didn't see that yes there was actually wow okay he i believe is a straight to netflix uh situation he va- now vows to destroy the entire universe since he can't have his way which mm. uh you know it's fair uh taking your ball and going home but the the doctor and sarah jane trick him using what else the scarf got yep. the scarf yep grand uh, finale they, <laughs> they do uh they do they do a great little move where they say hell dread look that way and then i <laughs> runs and trips over the scarf into a never-ending abyss and, and that's it mm-hmm. um sarah jane tells the doctor that she's had it she's done with all this business this foolishness time traveling around space and then the doctor gets a little, little voicemail that he has to return to Gallifrey, uh, where he couldn't take her anyway. So he's like, I couldn't take you there anyway. I don't even want you to come. Well, I don't want to come. Well, so good breakup. And um, so they part ways. Uh, but the doctor doesn't even, as we heard, doesn't even drop her off in the right spot. So uh, so that's it. That's the end of the doctor and Sarah Jane. Or is it? Uh, anyway, John, what 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 didn't I miss here about the class? Uh, no, I, I think you got it. Uh, this is a. Um, uh, this is the final Sarah Jane uh, adventure, obviously. Um, that's not a fake out at the end. He doesn't come back like a minute later, come back and be like, oh, sorry, that's the wrong place. Uh, <laughs> well, she comes Bob. back, but not in not yeah. in as a regular companion. <clears throat> well, we'll talk about that, too. Um, so, yeah, she um, uh, this is by uh, Bob Baker and Dave Martin, who uh, right relation there. to Tom Baker. No, but um, Bob Baker is the guy who created Wallace and Gromit. Uh, oh, wow. Yeah. Art, um, Ardman Entertainment. Yeah. Uh, and oh. uh, I'm pretty sure that's right. And um, Baker and Martin are also the ones who created your favorite K-9. Oh, uh, good. So that is they they bring K-9 in later in the next season, I believe it is. Um, uh, it's good. Uh, it, it's it's a story I remember creeping me out as a kid because the hand effect is very good. Uh, the, yes, the, the I wrote that. The body hand is excellent. They do that very well to the point that uh it's probably just a practical sleight of hand thing <laughs> i didn't mean that but uh <laughs> it's it's very effective yeah it's it's really well done and it's very creepy when it moves it's just moving around in the box and stuff like that so it's one of the cliffhangers i remember with the hand coming alive um it is it is based on so this was a, this was during the philip hinchcliffe and uh, uh robert holmes years um which we talked a little bit about before they did the ark in space but um the uh they did a lot of horror movie pastiches and i think this is this is i think a reference to a horror movie of some kind i don't know specifically which one but i, I think they were they'd done pretty much all the major ones so they were really starting to get to deep into the bench here i think when they're like oh but this is also a, a <laughs> but it also turns into a sort of 
a, a, a very classic theme of 1970s the nuclear yeah. uh the power dystopian, plant explosion yeah. yeah well and also and so the dystopian vision and, and um uh, it's a good i i like the um it's a good sci-fi concept i like the twist um Again, pretty extreme. Like at the end, it's like, oh, we thought there was a chance you might have survived, so we killed ourselves. It's sort of like if if we all were like, we've elected Joe Biden, but we're worried Trump may get reelected, so we're going to kill ourselves. Like it's a very, <laughs> <laughs> it's a very extreme reaction. Um, uh, and um, uh, but it, it's an, it's a cool idea, right? It's a very um, it's got it's, it's I, I made a note. I was like, it's got a very Superman two or Superman opening where they send the criminal off into space, uh, and then something happens, and the criminal ends up on Earth, right? Isn't that that's Superman two? Well, actually, interestingly, digression. That's actually Superman one. But then, when's the last time you watched the Superman movies? Let's just get this oh, out. A long out time. Right yeah, sorry, I haven't watched it in a long time. <laughs> so, uh, I we watched it not long ago. I haven't seen it or something. And, and Superman begins with those three criminals getting sent off into space, and this dramatic trial scene in the mirror thing. And then they never mention it again. <laughs> it's not till Superman two that they actually explain who they were, what they were doing. <laughs> I think those movies always blended together to me. But apparently, they were going to make them all. I don't know. Anyway, um, anyway, back to Doctor Who. Um, back, uh, back, yeah, good, good sci fi concept. Uh, um, uh, Eldrad, uh, Judith Paris plays the female Eldrad, she's very good. Then Stephen Thorne shows up and just kind of shouts a lot. <laughs> He's a bit, of a, <laughs> he, um, he, we'll see him again actually coming up in a couple weeks. Um, but he, um, he was sort of the resident because he's got a great voice and he's sort of the resident blind blessed knockoff <laughs> of doctor who uh at this time uh it sort of did sort of very shouty uh loud characters um yeah he's an interesting interesting uh the um uh and it's a good this, so the this is a all over the place kind of writing wise right i mean it's really interesting some of the setups really interesting uh the the sci-fi concept around the planet and the criminal and destroying it and stuff like that um also with some nice i love the scene with the director of the power plant when Clearly, the episode was under running a little, I think, but they sort of he calls home and talks to his little kid. But that's kid a great scene. It's really good. Yeah. I wrote a note about that. They, you know, again, they do this a it's lot in Who. Do. You're right. Often to probably as filler, but it seems like the people who get those moments really dig in and say, I'm going to write this a great scene. I'm going to really write the hell out of the scene of like, well, what if this person? And again, that's why it's it's trapped in this sort of more standard uh, the, you know, nuclear power plants were new during this time. This was a common fear that melt and meltdowns did happen, and there were there were disasters. So, um, it felt like a really good scene from a different movie, from that kind of yeah. a movie that was just about a power plant explosion. And yeah. you know, right. yeah, I thought that was great. It was very, it was very well done. Um, and then yeah, but then you get sort of the, I mean, the story pretty much runs out of gas by episode four. Once they get to the planet, uh, then you know, again, the the grand finale is tripping him with the scarf. <laughs> it's just kind it's of pretty. Funny. It's with about fifteen minutes in. I mean, that that last scene with Sarah and the Doctor is very long, uh, you know, five ten minutes long. Uh, and yeah, because the the story is pretty much done. Um. So yeah, the writing's a bit all over the place. That final scene um, was written by uh, Elizabeth Sladen and Tom Baker. So they, uh, um, the so originally the plan was for her to die. There was going to be another story, uh, and she was going to die saving the Doctor, and the that story fell through. Um, and she did not want to be married off. So the companion departures were sort of all over the place. Um, 
sometimes they rarely have this much sort of weight to them. So the one right before Joe Grant was sort of a big companion with uh, John Pertwee. And um, she was, um, uh, they were very close. And so her departure was very emotional. Uh, and then this one was very emotional. But in, in the past, like sometimes they'd just be like, okay, I'm leaving now. Uh, one one time, <laughs> one time a companion Dodo just called him on the phone. And the final episode was like, I'm not going to come back. <laughs> it was very like, <laughs> um, and yeah, so sometimes it's a big deal. Sometimes it's just like, well, goodbye. Um, and uh, so, yeah, they, um, uh, so I think they had written, so she was going to leave. They had written um, uh, a some scene for them, and Elizabeth Slade and Tom Baker both said, "Well, this is not; these aren't the characters," and they wrote it themselves. Um, and it, uh, it clearly, so Tom Baker was very devastated by her leaving because um, he really, she was the companion he started with. He really liked her. They got along really well. She liked his sense of humor. Uh, How many and, seasons had it been at that point? Two or three? Uh, yeah, so she'd been in. Um, I think it'd been two and a half years, three years, maybe. Um, she'd done quite a bit. Uh, now I, now I must know. Uh, but yeah, she, um, uh, she'd been around for a while and again, he's sort of his first companion. And, um, so it was, uh, let's see, um, oh yeah, almost, uh, almost three and a half. Yeah. Basically three and a half seasons, um, together. Hmm. I still got the memory. Um, so, uh, yeah. Um, uh, and so, yeah, they did this very nice, nice farewell. Um, she, uh, well, I suppose we maybe talk about it in the, the, with the next episode, but um, yeah, um, uh, she was definitely for me. This was one of the first and maybe only times in a classic series where I was brought to tears because uh, she's very special. She's great. She's probably my, my the companion I remember most growing up. Uh, and a lot of she is for a lot of people, right? I mean, this is why she was brought back because um, it's just that generation of fans. She's that seventies Tom Baker era is the Doctor Who, and she was obviously a key, key piece of it. Um, so yeah, it was it was a surprising emotional weight to Doctor Who, which at a time the new series does this more often, but at that time really didn't do that. Um, and as you said, you well, really and sort of felt it. <clears throat> Yeah, you're, and an, it's a good, you're an emotional cripple. So <laughs> I am. I am. I'm an auton. I, I it. it like I said, it does. It's not as though this is. I mean, it's you know, it's an epic adventure. All of their adventures each week are epic adventures. There's nothing particularly about this adventure that's sort of setting up like, wow, they're really pushing Sarah to her limits. Uh, it doesn't have that feeling, and so instead, her, you know, which and maybe this was building up for several stories. I don't know, but, but her reaction <laughs> of saying like, I've really just had it. I, I just can't. I'm so tired of this. And and no. To be fair, what would be different about this adventure is that she's, you know, she's such a central part of it. She's taken over by this demon. She's really like her her safety is always in danger. But particularly she could have been responsible for destroying, you know, thousands of lives. So you can see it. But then it's like it's interesting that they both wrote it because it really does play on these emotions of she genuinely does want to leave though when it becomes real she's has immediate regret about it but right. then she there's no decision because the decision's been made he's called back so there's not, nothing they can do and he uh is very dismissive of her until that moment as well when it's you know they kind of are just having this um you know cary grant hepburn back and mm. forth of like i want to go out oh, then get out of here fine and then it becomes real. It's like, oh, actually, you really have to go. And they both are immediately very, um, very well, reckless. She, it's done very well. Liz Slayton, uh, she once did an interview where she was trying to, because she, uh, she does hit it right on the nose. She said, well, why would you stay? Uh, you know, 
and and also what would drive you to go as a companion you're constantly being as she says hypnotized um almost killed many times ritually sacrificed you know things that if it happened to you once you'd be like yeah okay well i think probably we're gonna call this a day <laughs> that woman yeah. attempt at <laughs> being stabbed on an altar is probably enough for me um and she she says in an interview she says well she said, i thought of it as the doctor's my best friend and wouldn't you do anything for your best friend uh, and so that was sort of hers. Like, that's why. And so, yeah, that, that comes across here. It's like, oh, you know, every once in a while, yeah, you get pissed off with your friend or something. You're like, ah, I just don't want to. Like like we do every week at the end of this podcast. I'm like, I don't want to do this yes. stupid podcast anymore. <laughs> and, yeah. then, and then it's like, oh, but when it becomes real and we think about the, the eight to ten people who would be sorely disappointed yeah, if we right. stopped. Yeah. <laughs> keep going. <laughs> um, but uh, uh, no, so I think she, um, uh, uh, yeah, I, I think that, that's captured here in sort of that, the, the, the way of the relationship is here um which again we'll talk about when we get to the next episode but sort of uh, you know how they kind of are reinterpreting that relationship is really interesting as, as they go forward um but yes well, I, um, well, yeah, sorry. <clears throat> oh i was just gonna say uh, before we move on i just had a couple things uh specific to the episode uh the doctor hip the doctor hypnotizes sarah and it's done as sort of like Oh, this, is this a common thing that he did or in this era where he would hypnotize either Sarah or companions in general? Uh, it's just, um, it's, it's sort of, the, it's just like psychic paper in a way. It's just like when, when it was convenient to hypnotize okay. people. Um, it's just like, funny. This is one of those things, uh, um, uh, like uh, uh you, you like john mulaney he does that bit about he thought quicksand was going to be a bigger problem when he was an adult uh, <laughs> based on what, this is one i i thought a as a child i after watching so much doctor i thought people got knocked unconscious easily regularly. and regularly right that that you yeah. were constantly not and with few ill effects you just kind of but but getting knocked unconscious was a very common occurrence um uh and um and and hypnotism is very easy uh and, and anybody can do it at any time um have you uh, i've been to a comic hypnotist uh flip flip orly or whatever i've never been hypnotized myself have you ever been hypnotized i have not yeah i kind of want to do it but i uh, see apparently you have to want to be and you can't be too in your head about it and i think i'd spend the whole time being like, i'm being right. hypnotized i'm gonna be it's happening is it happening right now yeah this is it this is it. I'm, it's happening yeah so I, I don't I'd be interested order. to know what they do in a show like that when they they happen upon someone because I both I'm maybe similar to what you're describing. I both would be interested in being hypnotized, but could probably not get out of my own way to actually allow right. my brain to be hypnotized. Yeah, exactly. So I'd well, like volunteer and then it wouldn't work and that <laughs> everyone would like well, this throw guy, tomatoes. Uh, Flip Orly. Go to fliporly.com mm. uh, or or sure. or maybe edu. I don't know. Is he um, a, is he a prober? Uh, he, he's probably Flip. Flip if you're listening, we're shout out to your show. <laughs> Yeah, the, or, the orly prober crossovers this that's the demographic we're trying to hit yeah um he brings up like a whole so i've done, seen him at comedy clubs he brings up a whole you know group of maybe uh, 12 uh, 16 people or something like that and then hypnotize them all at once and huh. it works on so it works on about half maybe three quarters of them he said sometimes we'll work on all of them uh but he'll he'll do he did a thing where he'd be like okay you know when i snap my fingers i'm gonna ask your your name and you're gonna I want to raise your hand really eagerly, blah, blah, blah. And then when I call on you, you're not going to remember your name. Uh, and he does it. And and he can then sort of eliminates the people it doesn't work on because he can tell. And then huh. uh, throughout the show, at certain points, he'll kind of go behind people when they're not paying attention and be like, yeah, you know, he can tell if people are playing along or if people are faking it or whatever. But yeah, it's pretty it's it's it does look either people are very good actors or it does look very real. But anyway. 
Well, flipworley.gov to, to find out more <laughs> about that. Um, this episode for a classic one, uh, I've, I've talked about this several times. I hunger for establishing shots, long mm-hmm. shots. We have this, I think, because they're filming at the plant. There's just plenty of, you know where people are in space mm-hmm. uh, pretty much the whole time. And that really went a long way for me to just understand what things are happening. Um, he has a line that he says, I'm called in when a, or I'm, I'm meant to interfere when aggression is intended to hurt the indigenous population of a planet, which sounded a little um, Star Trek, like he had sort of rules about when he can interfere or not, you know. Uh, which yeah, I was interesting. again, it's part of a rewriting to a little bit of the show. You know, obviously, he just spent the last uh, the Pertwee years basically working for Unit and, and on Earth and helping and doing everything. And then this last few seasons, they've been kind of trying to rewrite that as, as one uh, sort of making him more alien, making him more of an outsider. There's a scene in one episode, The Seeds of Doom, where um, you know he's 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 recommending that they amputate a guy's arm that's going to prevent him from being taken over by a plant. You know, the, the standard arm amputation to avoid plant takeover yeah, sure. procedure uh and the guy says well can, can't you do it you're a doctor and you know and he's like and he just says you must help yourselves um so again when the plot is convenient but also i think trying to establish <laughs> like he's just not going to come in and fix everything for everybody like there has to be some some engagement on their part in it um, another th- uh, yeah. another kind of interesting there was a bunch of sort of interesting uh uh, well, like that's why they put it on television that trappings <laughs> no but i mean <laughs> <laughs> i meant like trappings of what the doctor is about mm-hmm. in this one because he also mentions that while when we're in the tardis we're in a state of temporal grace we are ah, multi-dimensional yes. that in a sense we don't exist when we're in here which that was interesting and probably holds throughout most of the series i think that's a good explanation of the tardis uh, uh, no? this, this creates a problem it becomes a bit of a mess um in that basically the idea is that as it is, is, is here it's meant to show hey weapons don't work in the tardis that's how they should have actually delivered hey weapons don't work hey, it's <laughs> put a weapon down they don't work in here <laughs> but uh, but um it's conveniently forgotten uh when weapons need to work inside the tardis uh, <laughs> okay uh, and so it well, just goes it goes back That's but they do they do refer to it it is it is a concept that comes back i'm not sure if this is the first time it's introduced it comes back quite a bit um and yeah again it comes back it works sometimes it doesn't work other times. <laughs> well it's a helpful way and i guess it actually doesn't work in boomtown but it's a helpful way to have a baddie mm-hmm. to sort of say hey we just need to sit everyone down and talk a little bit it's like well if they're on the tardis then we right. can't hurt each other so let's just talk right. so um, also an appearance here by the secondary console room now you're used to uh hmm. well you haven't actually seen it much yet but because of you've been switching back and forth you've seen many different console room designs um mm. but actually in the classic series it the, the sort of that that standard design that the first doctor kind of has with the the round things on the walls and the central console and stuff like that that yeah. basically stays the same throughout most of the original series there are a few upgrades but sort of that core look with the roundels on the walls and the, and the core configuration stays roughly the same this is probably the biggest change uh in that they suddenly always oh, like oh i've got a secondary console room and it's this one and it's got the wood design it's a pretty cool design it's got a very jules verne sort of um, look to it uh but they only used it for one season and they went back to the old design um a, a couple uh, at the end before she goes into her speech and he's he's kind of dismissing her he just has a great string of tardis gobbledygook where he's asking for help and i wrote them down (laughs) thermocouplings an astro rectifier a multi-quantoscope a mergen nut 
mm-hmm. a Ganymede driver, and then yes, Zeus plugs. Uh, those are just great. I mean, those must be fun to like just come up with all this mess. <laughs> this uh, um, garbage. A Mergen nut sounds like a dessert of some kind. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he has a great when they do uh, trip the most powerful being in the universe when they have them trip over a scarf and fall down a hole. Uh, a great pun, which is the gravity of the law finally caught up with them, uh, which is great. <laughs> um, and then a, a genuinely great line that when he when Eldrad comes back and we realize what has become when you mentioned basically his people have all committed mass suicide to prevent him from becoming king. Um, uh, Baker says, hail Eldrad, king of nothing, which is like, ooh, that's quite a burn, quite yeah, a burn a on Eldrad. Burn. Um, um, and then lastly, you... I have, oh, yeah, go ahead. No, no, go ahead. No, no, well, sorry. I was going to say lastly, here's my little fun fact. I, I happened to see this when I was looking into things. And so I'm, I'll mention it since you didn't, when she leaves, she's whistling. So mm. she's like whistles a little tune when she's leaving. And apparently uh, this was part of the script, but Elizabeth Slayton is unable to whistle. Yes. And so the director had to whistle while, while she mimed it, which I just found <laughs> hilarious. Uh, that's very funny. I believe this directed the great Lenny Main, who has uh, some great uh, anecdotes yes. about, about him. We'll come back to him at, at some point. Um, <clears throat> yeah. Uh, wait, I had something else, but I forgot what it was. So that's a great, that's a good anecdote to end on. Well, oh yes, and, well, oh, oh, they keep oh, talking yeah, about yeah, her yeah. outfit. Her outfit is very famous. Um, oh, the Andy Pandy outfit. Did, did, I don't know what Andy Pandy is. Did you know? I, I had to eventually look it up, and and I'm actually not much the watcher. <laughs> so I don't. So okay, I knew Andy Panda, mm. and I don't know if it's the same thing. I'm looking it up now. No, Andy Pandy is different. So Andy Pandy mm. was a cartoon, a cartoon panda. That um, as I'm looking it up seems to have some pretty problematic uh, African stereotypes featured in it. Um, <laughs> Apologies to Brovers for bringing that up. Sorry about that. But uh, Andy Pandy, um, uh, no, I'm not familiar with that. Looks like it's a, it looks it's disturbing. a, a television yeah. series. Uh, clearly British. Looks like some. But it was the striped, uh, the striped yeah. jumpsuit that she or, striped, or overalls yeah, rather overalls, that she yeah. had on. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, why don't we move on here? Just let's just move on part ways, John. That's the end of the podcast. All right. Now, for folks that usually just skip to the classic episode, oh, yeah. um, we've just finished it. So skip back. So now, now go, to, gotta go back. Yeah, yeah, back in time. Okay, everybody, everybody, where they need to be. Okay, okay. So we're all we're all in the right place now. Uh, let's recap the new Who episode second again. If you want, if you're okay. If you're right, coming to right, this part right of the podcast, take a card and write this down. <laughs> and, and 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 you intended this to be the classic episode. Yeah. You need to go to the earlier one. Now, look, I have chapter markers in the MP3. It. You should be able to do this easily, but we're not going to do that. Now we already did that. Yeah. We're going to do the new. Who the new this one. is a this is school reunion season two, episode three of the new series. It was released the 29th of April 2006, well after I was born. Hmm. Uh, and I believe you also have put together a little little clip of this. So let's roll that. Excuse me, colleagues. A moment of your time. May I introduce Miss Sarah Jane Smith? Miss Smith is a journalist who's writing a profile about me for the Sunday Times. I thought it might be useful for her to get a view from the trenches, so to speak. Don't spare my blushes. Hello. Oh, I should think so. And you are? Hmm? Uh, Smith. John Smith. John Smith? I used to have a friend who sometimes went by that name. Well, it's a very common name. He was a very 
uncommon man. Nice to meet you. Nice to meet you. Yes, very nice. More than nice. Brilliant. Um, so, um, have you worked here long? No, um, it's only my second day. Oh, you're new then. So, what do you think of the school? I mean, this new curriculum? So many children getting ill. Doesn't that strike you as odd? You don't sound like someone just doing a profile. Well, no harm in a little investigation while I'm here. No, good for you. Good for you. Oh, good for you, Sarah Jane Smith. All right. There's uh, the new doctor seeing Sarah Jane for the first time in years and years. And I thought you you had mentioned in the past that David Tennant is the first uh, doctor who was a fan of Doctor yeah. Who. And he's you, you can tell he's sort of like giddy as a little schoolboy yeah, just to it, be around her. You kind of wonder, is that the doctor's reaction to seeing her or is that <laughs> David Tennant's reaction? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it comes across. Well, well, here's what goes down in the episode. Uh, we're in a high school. The principal appears to be murdering children. John, I was told there'd be no murdering of children in the children's TV show. What? What is this? There's a lot of murdering children. <laughs> there's a there's a lot of killing. Yeah, in this one, uh, and the doctor the is not just killing them, eating them. So it's yeah, not like it's yeah. not, you know. I mean, it's 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 one thing if you just killed them and threw them away. That would make children feel unwanted. But if you kill them and eat them, right. I feel like it sends a message of you're still right, worth something. Right. So it's, it's you uplifting. like the Native Americans, you would use the whole buffalo here. You're gonna kill the child, you should really <laughs> eat all the eat all the pieces. Uh the doctor is posing at a teacher here and Rose as a cafeteria worker worker. The doctor notices one kid is super smart. Uh Rose notices the lunch ladies are all weird and they haul around vats of toxic chemicals and then we find out Mickey is who has alerted them to this. He's been sort of tracking things on the computer and has found a bunch of ufo sightings just strange happenings in this area he thinks something is up here that's why they're there i'm interested then it kind of makes me think how did he contact them or did they just visit back and then he got in touch well, she's I'm got the in space that. phone remember she she calls does she still mother. at that point i mean okay. i mean unless she isn't paying her bills that, that was a whole other episode where she just stops paying her bills and there's a really special like intervention like Rose, Rose, you gotta pay the bill that's see we that's learned. the doctor who i want to see the, minu- <laughs> the minutiae well we find out teachers are bringing in students to a computer lab smacking headphones on them and then putting them into a trance to make them like do computer programming at high speeds kind of it reminded me of ender's game mm-hmm. and then as we just heard in the clip sarah jane shows up and she is or is posing as a journalist uh, the doctor acts like he's seeing an ex he still has feelings for and Rose notices and Mickey notices Rose noticing mm-hmm. and they all come back uh, to the school that night to investigate where they find out the teachers are actually gross bat creatures, which, to be honest, every kid kind of assumes at yeah. some point. His Probably teacher true. is a gross bat teacher. We also see canine is here. Great. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> Mickey Mickey laments in a great uh, several scenes. Mickey laments that he is seen as extraneous, just like canine, <laughs> and they even get put in the car together later. And there's a great joke about cracking the window open for them. Um, Sarah Jane laments that the doctor left her. Rose laments the doctor will leave her one day, and the doctor laments he never ages while everyone around him dies. Mm, a lot of lamenting. Uh, Fun the next day, a lot of lamenting. The next day, they confront the baddies who are apparently using the kids to solve an equation. Well, who are apparently occasionally eating the kids and right. then using other kids 
They almost treat the school as like, oh, we have this endless supply of kids. We'll eat some. The new new ones will sprout up. Uh, anyway, they're using the brain power of some of the kids to solve an equation that will give them power over what else? The entire universe. Um, we're always always this close to losing the entire universe. <laughs> the whole gang works together, and Canine gives his life so that others may live on. Mm-hmm. And uh, the baddies are defeated, and the kids are saved. The doctor offers Sarah Jane that she could she could come back, Hello. come back and join the band. It could travel with them, and she says, "No thanks. I have my own spinoff to go film." <laughs> uh, and then Mickey asks to come along, and the doctor does say yes to that. So the doctor adds a third wheel to the TARDIS and uh, leaves Sarah Jane a new canine unit. And we're we're done. Uh, John, what did I miss there? <laughs> we're done. <laughs> and we're out. I land the plane. It's not the most complicated uh, plot. So I think you, you got it. Um, it is. Um, it's hard to overstate how big a deal this episode was when it when it came on. Um, it's like the second coming of Christ. Uh, well, so I guess it's, it is, you can't understand it. <laughs> um, no, uh, this is a really big deal uh, because, of course, everybody loves Sarah Jane, or certainly, certainly the fans love Sarah Jane, um, and uh, you know, Tennant loved her, and, and and this was this is you know the first example of kind of the inmates taking over the asylum, and that you know this is a fan driven series, right? Russell T Davies was a long term fan and grew up watching Sarah Jane, and so like bringing her back was obviously very much fan service. Although I give him credit for. Um, uh, making it an element of the play. Like it was, it, there was a reason to bring her back, right? That, that this, this is the theme of the season is the doctor and Rose and, and kind of this falling in love and, yeah. and they stay together and that kind of stuff. And, and obviously Sarah Jane is, it's important to sort of bring that theme out and, and to discuss it. Uh, which basically she gets to see her future. Uh, Rose yeah. gets to see her future. Exactly. Um, and so, so that's, I think, so, you know, he gets away with it because it's definitely needed to be done. Um, obviously it's great to see Elizabeth Sladen back uh, who never appears to age. Uh, she looks very <laughs> really similar true, to yeah. Sarah. Um, uh, it's um, it's actually the first time. So when the series came back, one of the things that people kind of said is, well, is this a continuation of the original series or not? Um, and it was sort of accepted. Well, yes, it is. And, and I think Eccleston was referred to as the ninth doctor and things like that. But it was never really established in series. This is the first time we get a very sort of, specific inarguable reference to so the past you mean as opposed to saying like this is a reimagining of doctor who yeah like this or sort of now yeah. or, or the, connects the, the, it in with this timeline right or they could have said hey the classic series is irrelevant or you know and in questions and, and, and you know especially when you go now that you've seen spirit from space and, and you know you look at rose and you can be like oh they're they're sort of remaking classic episodes in some way so maybe all the stuff that happened before is you know out out the window um and so it was sort of a, there was always this question of you know is there does the past count is the original series going to be brought into this or not um and this very much answers the, that question with yes um and and we do start to see more of a classic series kind of and it's it's i think um i don't i think it's uh in one of the spe- uh, at some point soon we see flashbacks to the old doctors like at some point you know, they actually say okay eccleston was the ninth uh, and uh, and before him was Paul McGann, and they actually referenced. So anyway, um, so you're starting to see more of that coming in, a little bit more continuity coming in. Um, but it was it was a huge deal. Uh, I I love I love this episode. Um, I think it's just because the nostalgia factor. I think bringing back Sarah, obviously very interesting. Um, we'll come back to her in a sec. Um, 
as we say, tennis performance, very much clearly fanboying, like, oh my God, I'm working with Sharon pretty cool, uh, but it does it very well. Uh, but then still also manages to, you. I think he does it very well in that you do think, yeah, okay, he this guy had a relationship with her, right? Even though, um, uh, you know, and I think I've, um, um, I agonized, agonized over whether you should watch this first and then Hannah Fear or vice versa. Um, but because we'd already seen some Sarah Jane, I figured it'd probably better watch Hannah Fear. But, um, you know, there were people who obviously hadn't seen the original series and had no idea about any of the original people. Um, and uh, it's done in a way, uh, having seen comments and stuff from them online and things, it is done in a way that people who didn't see it before at least got the got the idea right okay he's traveled he's met people in the past and you didn't have to have all the baggage of, of her past um to get it um uh anthony head is very good i think as the headmaster that's the guy from buffy i think the vampire slayer which yeah i never have watched but i'm aware of exists so we'll get to that in our next it does podcast. i can confirm it does exist <laughs> <laughs> um, he's very good he goes for it right again he sort of is sort yeah. of, you know scenery chewing but just just uh the side of okay and, and really goes for it um it is an intensely violent episode um they eat a child at the very beginning <laughs> they eat all they kill all the teachers before the end and then the ch- children happily are like hey we blew up the school we, well, i was uh, yeah <laughs> i thought that moment was um was was funny i mean the way they did it was funny but uh i actually think this was 2006 like there's a lot of, you know, after school shootings and stuff like that, that feels doesn't feel great right now. But like I, growing up as a kid, growing up in the 80s and 90s. Yeah. You would joke about that stuff all the time. Yeah. like, great. The Love school's exploded. We don't have to go to school. school. Like, that would be great. Um, where kids get it from. Uh- <laughs> so I don't know if that's an American thing, too. But I thought that was um, I thought that was funny. I thought that um, just back to the teachers and the monsters really quick. Just wanted to say that uh, they're they're back and forth with their CGI on this. I mm. thought this was kind of a middle of the road CGI stuff. It wasn't bad, um, but it wasn't as I thought. The Tooth and Claw, the the werewolf was very good. Like it yeah. was, it really didn't aged well. Mm. Uh, these are kind of in the middle. They look a little goofy. They honestly, where they look really menacing is just in the way they close the door and show the shadows, right. which yeah. is really scary. But when they actually show them. They look a little funny, yeah. Um, and yeah, the movement isn't great. But again, there's they're in this period in 2006 where, with the budget that they had, you know, it was going to be kind of a hit or miss thing. Yeah, um, yeah. It's it's hard to think of back in the day when CGI was you know so, so rudimentary, right? It was still sort of a thing right. we talked about. Um, uh, the doc, I, I, the Doctor Rose relationship, the Doctor Rose Sarah sort of triangle is really interesting. Um, it, it was she's so incredibly clear about how much she loves him in a way yeah. that it's been hinted at, but in this one because of Sarah Jane being there, and Sarah Jane is very clear about how she's essentially saying, "I was in love with you," like which yeah. isn't there in the in like even just watching um uh the Hand of Fear. Uh, so I thought that was really interesting. Like Rose is pretty just blatantly saying like, I, I yeah, I, it was just so, uh, front and center. Yeah. And there were, there was some controversy about sort of, well, cause it is a bit of a retconning of the Sarah story. Cause as I said, you know, she was playing it, they were best friends and that was how it was. And of course the rules at the time, you know, no hanky panky and the TARDIS and all that kind of stuff. Andy Pandy and the TARDIS, no hanky panky. Andy Pandy and Andy the Pandy, but no hanky panky. Um, but, uh, so it is a bit of a retcon to sort of be like, oh, yes, she was in love. They had the same kind of intense relationship. You could. I mean, it, it's it's plausible because of the way because of Baker and Sladen's relationship. It, it's plausible. Um, but it is a bit of a rewrite. And there were some people who were like a little disappointed at her character and the idea that like 
So she was just sitting around pining for him for uh, this many years. Uh, you know, it's saved by the fact that she's, she was a journalist. She obviously has continued to be an active journalist and do stuff like that. But there was a little bit of yeah, I didn't. Yeah. Oh, I didn't think she put her life on hold. I think she's just basically everything's flooding back. Like she's seeing yeah. this person saying like she is going back to that moment that we saw in hand of fear and saying like i was really hurt like you just dropped me um i don't think she's been sitting and round and like absentmindedly like kicking stones on the ground going (laughs) oh my Um, there's also a a faction of people a violent faction of people who um, (laughs) (laughs) separatists (laughs) fanatics um who you know said that she and harry sullivan should have gotten married uh they didn't leave at the same time but her and harry uh you know that's out there um there's also is that the is that the sarah jane's people's front there is also a bit of a continuity challenge in that um well in our lost podcast episode we have seen canine and company and so she did receive canine yeah um which you can't ignore because she does have canine now and she did not leave with him but at the same time yeah. it would have been like oh hey he's around he didn't forget and then she's like i thought you forgot me i didn't know you were still alive that's your dad um she also uh she comes back in the five doctors which we'll watch at some point I say that we, we're going to watch all of them at some point, but I throw that in, in case people are wondering um, that uh, she comes back and she ends up paired with the third doctor. So she's already left the fourth. She meets the third. She sees the fifth. So basically she's, she runs into all of them again. Uh, and, uh, um, uh, and again, just, this is kind of ignored. It's, I guess it's sort of, maybe she just forgot because of some time thing. I don't know. Um, so yeah, there's a, there's a bit of, um, uh, you do have to kind of elide over the, the other moments. Uh, she, interestingly, there was talk of at the very end of Tom Baker's season, bringing her back. Uh, and she wasn't talks to do that. Mm. And she ended up, uh, they ended up deciding not to do that. She couldn't schedule it or something. Um, and she wasn't going to come back for this. Uh, they approached her and she kind of said, well, you know, I'd have to see what the script looked like. And, you know, I don't just want to do it to just appear. And then she really liked the script. And obviously as it took off for her, um, you know, for, for the spinoff series. And, and she, she, um, you know, um, uh, obviously sort of rebuilt a career on this or re-energized her career on this. Um, but yeah, it's it's a very special episode. Uh, the if if as a standalone, uh, not knowing anything else that comes afterwards, just that moment at the end where he says, "My Sarah Jane gets me every time." Uh, you know that because uh, it, 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 certainly when you first saw it, it was like, "Oh, that there we go, she's back," and this was a nice little coda to her story. Um, and uh, yeah, it's it's a uh, it just uh, it was really yeah, it was a really good. Um, a really good story, and obviously, canine huge mega return for canine. <laughs> I know, <laughs> and then it, uh, uh, well, yeah, yeah, Mickey, Mickey at the end. Well, yeah, so, I was gonna say, we're gonna talk more about Sarah Jane and the themes, but I wanted to mention, um, Mickey's, uh, I, I, like again, I, I'm watching this for the first time, so I really didn't know we'll see Mickey again. Um, I love him in this episode, I love how they're painting him into this. He's sort of seeing himself as this again, this extraneous uh, part of the team, and he. Uh, resents that and there's some he's there's some really funny lines he's a definitely like valid part of the team he's doing stuff that they're not able to do so i just loved having him back and really psyched to see great he's gonna he's gonna join the team for some period of time i have to be honest i i like rose a lot um but i would really like just some dr and mickey going around (laughs) space like i think they're a funny kind of a buddy cop team um because they they are so antagonistic but but friendly toward one another so i well, think that great, would be fun 
they do get some nice moments, uh, uh, especially when, uh, you know, Sarah and Rose first react to each other poorly and Mickey's kind of like, ah, every man's nightmare, the missus and the ex yeah. and like kind of ribbing him, which is really funny. And then I do like, and I, I think this is, I think this is Russell's T. Davis. This is not this is by a guy named Toby Whithouse, maybe, but I think it's Russell's influence in sort of the character thing. Uh, I like how, you know, they're kind of having this, this bitch fight back and forth between them. But then, um, uh, they work it out themselves. It's not like the doctor comes in and is like, ladies, ladies. <laughs> it's like, yeah, yeah. They no. just kind of laugh, figure, laugh it out themselves. And that, that wonderful like, comparing the monsters they fought back and forth. And Sarah's like, the Loch Ness monster. And she's like, seriously? <laughs> <laughs> Which is, yes, that, that is an episode. They do meet the Loch Ness monster. Uh, uh, by the way, well, this they, is they a... discover the origin. It's not like they meet him for tea or something. I think. This is a, a random thing because I know this wasn't, uh, sounds like it was not a Stephen Moffat episode, but like, I mean, he's involved with the show at this point. Uh, when he when they meet the principal in the pool room, I just happened to rewatch the season finale of Sherlock in episode one, and it's the exact same setting. There, <laughs> he meets Moriarty in the pool room, and that's where the doctor and the principal sort of face off in this. It's just really funny. It, it, it is the same <laughs> setting, everything about it. So I thought that was uh, interesting. Watch watch those writers. two together. Watch Sherlock, yeah, guys. Watch uh, stop guys listening to the podcast. Watch <laughs> what Sherlock. What are you doing? What are you doing? It's good television out there. Why would you Why would you spend your whittle away your precious minutes listening to two people talk about television that you've already seen? I mean, look, and I want to. I'm speaking to every all seven of you. Like, look. <laughs> What are you doing with your life? <laughs> Get a hold of yourself. <laughs> themes, 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 themes. Most operas I see just sort of trail off like that, right? <laughs> Isn't that how operas yeah. go? They just thanks, sort of thanks to Mrs. Probe, noted soprano, for joining for that. That's right. That's right. <laughs> it's all me, baby. It's all oh, me. All right. These pipes. All right. That's, right. That's right. Mrs. Probe has nothing. To, she will wash her hands of this entire. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, John. We are adherents of the repeating themes uh, on this on this here podcast, and. uh one theme that just sprung to mind, I don't know for me, but I don't know about you, but like maybe we could talk about Sarah Jane a little bit uh, as a thematic. Link. Yeah, I mean, so um, uh, Sarah Jane is sort of the, the, this this companion departure thing, I think, is kind of interesting because it is like I said, it, it was sort of I mean, so obviously uh, companion departures are primarily driven by the actress or actor wanting to leave. Um, uh, you know, they it's it's. They just keep writing the part for them until they're like, I would like to stop leaving or, or I'd like to stop being in this now or the contracts are um, because if they just did that on screen, like just halfway through an episode, they're like, I would like to stop being in this now. <laughs> <Just walk off. laughs> or or they make contract negotiations part of the active script uh, yeah. in the show. <laughs> that would be exciting. It really br- brings in a lot of worlds. Um yeah, and so so it is. Uh, so obviously the the, the actor actually leaves, and and um, there's various you know explanations they get married uh, very rarely are they killed off it does happen uh but they get married or they they decide to stay on a planet and become king or something like that you know like you do uh and rarely does especially cases like where they don't necessarily want to uh, leave or even if they do they very very rarely go back right there's very and obviously this is for real world reason which is the actor is like oh, i'm not gonna keep doing this now because i have no <laughs> i have another job i'm on another show um but it's interesting that they really never explored sort of these uh, um, 
the in-universe rationale for this, right? It's only these new series, School Union, gets into this, which is sort of, well, you know, I age, you don't. And it's very sad to watch people you love age and die while you don't. Um, and so, yeah, it's, it's just interesting that um, it hadn't seemed, and maybe maybe it is in part the sort of non, uh, the the maybe non are the, the lack of season arcs or, or, or lengthy arcs in the early seasons. It doesn't feel necessary, right? You don't feel like it's like, you aren't like after the, the deadly assassin, which is the story that comes after hand of the fear, hand of fear. Um, and then the face of evil, which you've seen, it's not like, nobody's like, well, wait a minute. Why didn't he, after he left Gallifrey, be like, all right, I'll go, I'll go find Sarah now uh, or pick her up. I mean, cause you know, they really liked each other, um, but it didn't feel necessary uh, to do that. So, uh, um, uh, even with a, even with someone in a relationship as strong as Sarah, but it is interesting that uh, you know now we have somewhat of a it makes sense too, right? A character explanation for not going back, right? Right. Uh, another theme you wanted to talk about was uh, when when the series does traffic in continuity in some way, like does it does sort of tie things together. This obviously is a very big one. <laughs> Literally, the character <laughs> comes back, but I, you know, you've said before that it has a sort of um tenuous relationship with continuity <laughs> they sort of decide which things will be brought back is it often that episodes really center around it i'm yeah because it's, i think this episode it's not like sarah jane being here is the crux of the plot there's a separate thing happening but it's a very important part of the plot well it's a, it's, a, it's an interesting challenge because it maybe it does i don't know, maybe it's partly due to how tv is made today or you can be but it is like people um, do you the more continuity, the more you alienate viewers, right? If if it's constantly referencing things that happened before, um, then you're going to you know alienate casual viewers, or it's going to be harder for new viewers to join join the shows. So goes the conventional wisdom. Um, classic Doctor Who, because I think primarily because they lost a bunch of episodes, and you know there was a lot to go back and look at, and it's <laughs> changing production teams. They didn't really check back on continuity until the eighties when they got, they start again, fans started getting old enough to actually be working in television production and stuff. And they had a, a, this kind of Ian Levine, who was sort of a fan advisor and, and they would start to bring back continuity elements from, you know, stories that were 10 years ago. Um, and, you know, it did start to alienate. So Doctor Who was a show you could just, anybody, I think, especially in, in the UK, when it was first going out, people just kind of dip in and out, right? They'd be like, oh, I'll watch this week and see what's happening. And, uh, you know, or here's, uh, and, and actually, I think the ratings would always be high for the first episode of every story because it was like, oh, okay, I'll see if this right. one's any good. And then it'd be like, oh, there's just a hand in a plastic tub. I'll come back for a later story. <laughs> Um, and, uh, or, uh, or, oh, Varos, I don't think I need to see any more of Varos. Um, but, uh, um, uh, you know, obviously, if you start pulling in elements from all these stories, you're going to have to uh, you may alienate people who are trying to do that. And, you know, there are some there's a I know it's going to be hard to believe, but another six Doctor episode that's called Attack of the Cybermen that references a whole bunch of Cybermen stories from like the second Doctor's era, which nobody remembered or had even seen. <laughs> it's a really well, confusing on, on the other <laughs> on the other side of that, no one could prove if the references were right <laughs> sure, or not. No one had true. any idea. No, it's very true. Um, uh, yeah. So, um, uh, so obviously the more you bring in the, the tougher it is, but maybe now when you can always go back or people can kind of be, everything's sort of readily available, uh, maybe it's easier. I don't know. Do you, do you like when a show brings in a character from, four seasons ago because if you don't we should probably watch right. stop watching this series <laughs> right now because it's coming <laughs> i uh <laughs> i 
I, I like when it's I, I sort of like when it's done subtly, <laughs> which is probably not always how it's going to be done nope. here. But <laughs> I, I, I like when it's I, I don't like necessarily when it's the crux of everything. I'm not super excited by that of like, oh, great, this person they brought back because I kind of always would rather have the new thing. I appreciate when they make things fit together. So like, yeah. I like that yeah. uh, when it's done deftly. But when it's done as clearly as just clearly just straight up fan service, I don't yeah. always love that. I could be wrong. I might just be saying that this, that that's what I rationally think about it. And maybe when, the, but then like I watched the Mandalorian, I'm like, oh, there's a little Yoda. Like, <laughs> you get excited for no reason, which is the new Star Trek series on Disney Plus. And they Star have a small, Wars. oh my God, did you just they have Star a small, Trek? um, that, that is embarrassing. Uh, what, what do you call it? Yoda, you just, whatever. You just said Star Trek yeah. series. That is, that is horrible. It's a Star oh, Wars. did I? It's a Star Wars. Yeah. I just, uh, I have Star Trek on the brain because I just, uh, there was a, a deal on, on, on i think it was itunes where i could get all 10 star trek movies for like nine dollars and i was like and i don't think i've even seen all the star trek movies so uh i do remember you and i saw one of the worst movies ever which was insurrection it was insurrection it was eject the core i already have (laughs) (laughs) really one of the worst movies and my understanding is that every other star trek movie is bad um well we we saw one of those every other ones uh, anyway uh, <laughs> this is well off track but i i don't appreciate it when it's pure fan service but i do appreciate it when they give a nod to something and and bring it back especially if it has like a purpose but um well, it's just, we'll so see. actually you know what i'm gonna, I'm gonna tie this in cleverly mm, uh, mm. uh star trek 2 the wrath of khan is mm. one of the best star trek movies probably one of yeah. it's just a really good movie altogether and yeah. that brings back a character from one episode of like the 1960s series right i had right? no khan, idea about that like because <laughs> well, i i don't know the original series that well and but i knew that movie and in my mind i thought khan was just this huge character that like you know they brought back for a movie because he was so big it's like no he's like you said he's in one episode or something well but, ricardo montalban was just a was just big so you gotta yeah, bring him uh, back you gotta you got once once fantasy island went stratospheric you gotta you gotta bring him in to bring the kids in um uh but but you know again there's an interesting example right you don't ha- you get a you get enough backstory from con the, the first appearance of con and putting the things in their ears and talking to child and all that kind of stuff um but you don't you and the acting is done really well that you immediately establish that he and Kirk are bitter enemies and you don't have to have seen the old one to, to understand it. Or, and, and so that's good, you know, and I think that's again, what they were doing with Sarah. And I think they do that. Well, here, here see tying it to the subject of our podcast. Mm, mm. Uh, oh, yeah. right, right, right. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, I don't, I, I mean, again, it's, I, I, actually, I think Mike probably, yeah, Mike definitely would have seen this without uh, having seen, the classic series yet because I, I i ease people into the classic series but i forced them might. straight into yes i forced them straight into the uh uh the new series um but yeah so i think people could you know saw that and they, there's enough setup and backstory it's like okay he traveled to the people before we know that clearly there's a strong relationship here there's a robot dog in the car which by the way she drives around with the broken dog in the back <laughs> of her car <laughs> just in case like, that was really shoehorned in there. Um, oh uh, so yeah, you could you could get it if you didn't uh, if you hadn't seen it. Um, and, and I think that's when that's when continuity's done well, right? When you don't have to have seen it, 
Um, but it but, adds a layer but, if yeah, you have. If you have, yeah. it's great. Um, but as you say, I do also like, I love when something that ha- you saw two seasons ago is suddenly referenced and it fits together. Like, it's like, oh, 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 no, that's very clever. Or had they thought of that when they originally did it or or whatever? Well, so there's a satisfaction to that. There's a, this is a much shorter time frame, but when three episodes later, they bring back his failure in the first season in the long game, they, you mm-hmm. know, he does this thing on this uh, news planet and then two or three episodes later they come back and show the consequences of that action that's a really small thing but like there was a reason for that they were showing something about the doctor's character you go around and you make these changes in the world you're actually having a huge effect here that has a purpose well let's sarah jane's back but the purpose is we're showing our current companion rose what her future looks like and does she really want so there's a purpose to it and then yes if you also just take some squealing joy from like i saw this is the thing i saw before (laughs) (laughs) then that's fine but um they and actually the the star wars uh series that i was talking about the mandalorian is good because though it seems like this year there's this series a series two they're starting to bring back uh, reference some past characters in the Star Wars universe. Really, what the whole show is about is this one type of character mm. that is in past movies, mm-hmm. and they just explore someone who's never been in the show before. But they say, "Oh, remember this type of person? You kind of saw them in the background. We're just going to follow one of them and, and experience the world through them." So it's like this completely shifting the viewpoint of the whole show onto a minor thing that you would have wouldn't have necessarily thought of and exploring that so that's mm-hmm. that i think is really cool because then it's um it's expanding it's not just saying hey this person's going to come back and say their catchphrase a few times and we're going to be excited <laughs> um you know yes, and I'm, this all said, lady I, just coming to be like that's my mama and then like <laughs> <laughs> john John, how are you? Sorry, I'm out of breath. Just Whew. ran up the stairs. Well, it's because yeah. uh, of the switching, mm. it's thrown us all. Like we had to sprint from the beginning of the podcast to here. Because <laughs> <Yes>. Normally, <laughs> right? Yeah. We record all each segment in a different physical space. We feel like it adds just a color to each segment. <laughs> That's, and right. That's right. So much, so much behind the scenes work goes into this. <laughs> uh, well. There are. Let me tell you something. <laughs> there are there are two hundred ninety five <laughs> Doctor Who stories. First of all, okay, uh, okay. You know, and then we've we've ranked some of them. We've ranked yeah. about. Ooh, let me see. Twenty six. Well, oh, twenty six. We're gonna twenty six, and then we're gonna add these yeah. two. And you're correct. Twenty six plus two is twenty eight. You're you're <laughs> on target on that one. <laughs> this is why this is so, why we're in the educational section of the podcast. <laughs> so let's rank these two. I will start off. I'm going to surprise you. <laughs> so uh, I, I liked School Reunion. It wasn't my favorite of the new episodes, but I definitely liked it. And it's funny, the more we get into this ridiculously long ranking, I just start to look at ones. And I was like, well, I liked it more than that one. And then I go up a little higher. I was like, I didn't like it more than that one. So it just settles in. I yeah. I did. I put Almost it like just how you above. Yeah. I, <laughs> well, I, anyway, <laughs> what I mean is with these one i i wasn't sure where it fit in the overall context i just sort of liked them but then they ended up higher on the list than i thought when i just started comparing to other things on the list uh school reunion i put uh ahead of aliens in london world war three but i didn't want to put it ahead of any of the other new who episodes that i had high empty child uh quite dead Uh, christmas invasion actually have very high and father's Mm -hmm. day and to the claw um so I just put it just above there, which does put it in uh, a number 10 it's the, in, the, in the top okay. 10. Mm-hmm. And then Hand of Fear, I actually put really high. I really liked Hand of Fear. Wow. Mm-hmm. Um, 
and I was trying again comparing it to previous episodes. I think I liked it was Sarah Jane focused. I liked the uh, the nuclear power plant scenes. Like I said, really got a sense of what was going on and where things were. Um, I put it above Tomb of the Cybermen. I liked it more mm-hmm. than that. I liked it more than Spearhead and Space. And basically, I kept I kept just looking on the list. And was like, well, I liked it more than that. So it moved up until I got to the Empty Child. I was like, well, I don't. It's not better than that. It's clearly <laughs> not as good as that. So I just had to stop there. So it just mm. sort of kept rising up the list of its own accord. So it's number seven of wow. of all the ones we've watched here. Um, for me, mm. uh, I don't think really that makes any sense. But I just couldn't figure out where else that, that <laughs> it was better than the other ones. I enjoyed watching it more. So thing about it you said it was very uneven we discussed before mm. that it was very uneven and it was but the good parts i really liked so yeah and then the, the ending that the scene of of them parting is really great so yeah that, that's where it ended up very high on the list for me this may be one of the moments where you really well no i guess you like two of the sirens um uh um unusual for you liking the um liking the classic series though more than i do uh so yeah i put um i put school reunion number five um almost doing the same calculation you did for hand of fear uh because it is it just um, kept going up for you yeah like, i mean i so it's not story-wise it's not particularly remarkable episode you know they they just sort of throw away oh yeah there's a paradigm and the kids are working on computers uh <laughs> and there's a lot of things there's there's like it doesn't necessarily all hang together well it's like there's yeah. the thing with sarah jane the thing with rose mickey's going on also there's a school like it's kind of a all ton of a hodgepodge yeah. but it's it, it it is it's it moves very fast uh it's a very for me, it's just a joyous episode because it is the return of Sarah Jane Smith. It was a huge deagle. It did kind of submit. I can imagine you rewatching this. Yeah, by the way. I, I you, definitely you rewatchability this. for you. It's yeah. got high rewatchability. Um, Elizabeth Sladen is great, and of course, it's just the it's it's bringing back these elements which weren't. It's I mean, obviously, I've been watching and rewatching these pretty much constantly for 30 years so it wasn't like it wasn't like i was like oh yeah sarah jane we haven't seen her in a while because i was like oh i was watching that hand of fear this afternoon uh but um like it was still it felt like oh wow this is a grand return and it was really exciting it, it is it is that yeah there's just it's that whole nostalgia piece it does work i mean i guess going back to answering our discussion question it does work because it worked on me um so yeah i i, I put a uh, school reading at number five um sort of below my upper echelon of, of caves and Androzani, tooth and claw etc uh and then i bring that the hand of fear um is another one and and again yeah this is, this is the challenge of these rankings is it's going to be very hard to see all of these all at once as i put them so i i i I liken the hand of fear in my head to the face of evil um in that aside storyline wise i always sort of forget the plot um or or, you know don't really remember tons of details of the plot the only thing i remember is her leaving is this this sort of the big part um but like the face of evil, it's a great plot. It's a clever, high concept sci-fi plot um, that's that's done competently, if not really well. Um, but it just doesn't have, aside from her departure, it doesn't quite have the same memorability um, as some of the others. So I put it uh, just above the face of evil, below Aliens of London, World War Three, which I'm now questioning. But uh, <laughs> it's a, it's in, it's solidly in the middle of the pack um, as a as a solid good episode of Doctor Who. Um, uh, yeah, right right in the middle of the pack. Well, I think that's what's funny to me is as we do this, there's like probably the middle of the pack. You know, we're going to have this 300 uh, list of rankings of the 300 things. (laughs) The middle of the pack, quote unquote, is probably going to be like 200 of those. And then I feel like they're going to be 20 or 30 that are clearly in the top. And then, you know, you can order them how you might. 
and then 20 or 30. Now, the, the, which 20 or 30 are at the top and the bottom may differ, but I'm just saying that's what it feels like is that there are a lot of these are like, yeah, it's good. It's, it's good. Yeah. Then it just goes kind of in the middle and then it, it's, it is really kind of a challenge. <laughs> that's why where this one is really, we put it in the middle. Yeah. Well, I mean, right. And for me, this one is like, this one is really uh, um, middle of the pack. It's just, it kept kind of rising up until I hit the top, the, the top tier. And I was like, well, it's not in the top tier. So mm-hmm. it's like, just ended up way, way at the top of the list. Mm-hmm. Well, so, anyway. This would be a great review in a newspaper. Like, I, I mean, it just ended up here. I, it, was, it wasn't one star, it wasn't <laughs> two stars. I got the three stars. No, it's a two and a half. <laughs> well, John, if people want to see these rankings, did you update, update the rankings? Anytime? I did. Oh, yeah. Uh, this this so website great. is up to date for the up to 11, uh, excuse me, 32 page views uh, that we have wait, had. Wait, wait, wait. You're, you're talking about mindprobe.show, right? Mindprobe.show. Uh, it is, if, if you can get through, I, I assume it's like trying to call somebody. Yeah. <laughs> Someone's on the page. You can't see it because obviously yeah. they're taking up the space. Uh, but That's if you right. can get through the traffic, uh, mindprobe.show is, is, is lighting it up. You can see notes from old episodes. You can see the rankings. Uh, you can see a, a very exciting. Um, you can see the about us page now. There's finally, a, yeah. about us. Once we got to so finally get a picture of the probe teeny, so we were able to finally get that. Uh, we got permission teeny. from the probe teeny's agent to get that up. You can also, of course, see the schedule of uh, upcoming episodes that yeah. we're we're going to watch. Uh, True, John, what are we? Yeah, I just updated oh, this oh, through the end of uh, the season two. Here, I've got I've got the pairings up, so you are you oh, can great. really start working ahead. Especially if you've got big plans for the holidays and you're worried about keeping up with Probe. Um, this That's is right. your chance to really sort of get some in the bank, as they say. Yeah, just dig in. Look, this show's a lot of work to watch. Do <laughs> you got to put in the work? But yeah. it, it's worth it. It's worth it's it. Worth in the it. End. What are we watching uh, next next episode? Hey, you know next. what? I'm going to go ahead and say it. What are we watching next week? Let's next just week. go Let's ahead and say yeah, it. I think we can do it. Um, uh, next week, Robots Attack. Ooh, uh, some Ooh. Uh, some robot mayhem. We go to the next episode of the Tenant Series, The Girl in the Fireplace and the great Stephen Moffat returns. Uh, and then we go back uh, to Fourth Doctor again. Um, actually, in the exact same season we were just in. <laughs> um, and uh, this is not at all related to the fact that I just got this set of DVDs on Blu-ray. And so maybe I'm just <laughs> happy to be watching these. <laughs> um, but uh, we go to the Robots of Death, uh, another uh, classic who, uh, classic in the sense it's both in the classic series and also considered a classic by many who well, uh, John, this these couple episodes they really took it out of me. I, I I have to tell you that I am I'm sick of being cold and wet and hypnotized left, right, and center. I'm sick of being shot at, savaged by bug-eyed monsters, never knowing if I'm coming or going or been. I want a bath. I want my hair washed. I want. I just want to feel human again. Hmm. Or maybe if I could feel like a bug-eyed monster, that might be okay too. Hmm. I wouldn't mind going around savaging people. I've always thought about getting my eyes done maybe just uh, instead of getting rid of the crow's feet just get enormous bug eyes <laughs> what do you think about that <laughs> i mean that'd be a nice <laughs> you know? and it would make you more susceptible to hypnotism if you had huge yeah, eyes that's true <laughs> I, I don't know how <laughs> hypnotism works but i assume the size of your eyes has a direct proportion to the susceptibility of hypnotism. now you knew a hypnotist do you have a bug eye guy i could go to you know anyone who does bug eyes <laughs> I, I just want to, before we end here, I just want to um, say yes. Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone, just so in case people are audio searching, we've now got Star Wars, Star Trek, Doctor Who, and Harry yes. Potter. I think this is, <laughs> is going to be the one people hit. Yes. Uh, so unfortunately, we also, <laughs> unfortunately, we also mentioned canine a lot, so then the Google searches go back down. <laughs>